Now, I'm being good tonight. I'm sober. Oh, I love it. I'm 24 hours sober, baby. Is this the beginning of new things? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. It has come to pass that it must needs be that I am drinking coffee. <laughs> I love it. Which is, of course, <laughs> you know, the worst Mormon drink you can possibly have. Oh, you got your quad. Yep, I have the doorstop. Now you can see what a quad actually looks like, Pavis. Wow. Yeah, but it's not the fancy quad with the little finger tabs, I think they were called. Oh, the Relief Society sticker. No, Young Women's. Oh, Young Women's, sorry. And for some reason, a bunch of Target receipts. <laughs> Do they have Target in Germany? Or is this from Australia? I have not cracked this baby open, I don't think, in a couple of years. Like, there it, you go. There is dust on it. <laughs> Hello, brothers and sisters across the globe. This is the Book of Boredom podcast with me, Brother Brown, Brother Paul, talking at you. And with me, as always, my eternal concubine, our heavenly mother, the most divine and choice of them all, Sister Patience. Oh, I'm the heavenly mother, but you should check out my barren uterus, Brother Paul. <laughs> hey, didn't stop God knocking up Mary now, did it? Can't argue with that. Yeah, miracles never cease. Anyway, how are you this evening, Sister Patience? Living the dream, except for the past hellish 24 hours getting up that last episode. Ugh. Sounds like as good a time as ever to plug Patreon. Oh, yes. Please do. Get on there and give me some money. Patience put so much work into this blasphemy that uh, she deserves to get a bit of money for it. So fork up. We don't want 10% of your income. All we want is $5 a month. Anybody can afford that. Or even just $3. <laughs> That works too. And that's $3 Australian, so really it's nothing. It's like 75 cents American or something. I mean, you might as well be paying Bitcoin. Yeah, I still don't know what Bitcoin is exactly, but... Oh, Bitcoin's the future. You know why? Governments can't control it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And we have a guest with us this week who we should probably introduce because she's sitting there looking all awkward, like, should I say something yet or she just laugh? Well, I just don't want to interrupt. Oh, you should jump in whenever you feel like it, Rhonda. <laughs> we have got Sister Rhonda talking to us this week. How are you doing, Sister Rhonda? Oh, very good. You know, I don't think I have ever in my life been called Sister Rhonda, which is kind of cool. I like it. <laughs> We're a bit more formal here than normal church. We just go by the first names. I always found that actually a bit weird now that I'm thinking about it. You go by the last name, which often women take their husband's last name and it is something you have to get used to. And I just think that then how can you be my sister or my brother when half the time you don't even know my first name? I remember feeling that I truly made it as an adult when I was able to start calling people by their first names. Yeah. Rather than like Brother Brown or Brother Jones or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm an adult. I'm in Elder's Quorum with you now. I can call you Mark. <laughs> I never became a Mormon adult. I left just at 18. Oh, okay. You missed that opportunity. Yeah. Well, I guess I missed the crazy temple stuff. <laughs> Going and doing the baptism when you're on your days and everyone knows suddenly that you're on your days. Oh. Not allowed to participate when you're bleeding. Oh. Of course. Even when I was a member, I found that kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, what are you drinking? Well, I thought this would be a beautiful coming together of the two cultures. <laughs> Purely because I don't have any Bundaberg rum, I am drinking the local pot rum. Oh. And I am mixing it with the luckily very available in Germany Bundaberg ginger beer. Uh. <laughs> oh, there you go. Not my first preference usually. Despite your Australian accent, you 
you are currently talking to us from Deutschland, aren't you? I am indeed, and it is midday, so I am very keen on this midday drinking that I'm about to participate in because it feels still somewhat taboo. Excellent. Whereabouts in Germany are you? I live in a beautiful city called Hamburg. It is a port city, and I could do an entire hour or more of describing Hamburg and its history because I used to be a Hamburg tour guide. Oh, nice. But I will save you that because we have other things to be talking about. I love German beer, actually. I also used to do a craft beer tour for Hamburg, Germany before I started studying. So. We're definitely yes, going to have to get you guys over here. Oh, I'd love to come and visit Germany. Yeah, Germany is the place that I definitely want to go and visit one day. I've heard so many good things about it. Even though some of my German friends can speak English to the level that would be required to follow me when I talk too much, I wonder if I want to introduce them to this because we are quite cheeky. Like Australians, when we get together, we swear, we talk about periods, we talk about sex, we talk <laughs> about all sorts of things. And yeah. I don't know whether they'd be a little bit shocked because in comparison to us, they are quite reserved. Yeah, they are very concerned conservative over there very humorless no, they have their own humour. Uh, okay. They're a little bit selfish with their humour, I think. They don't want other people to understand it. Right. Oh, I like that. Mm. Go selfishness. I'm a fan. We're about to get into reading part of the Book of Mormon. It's obviously been a long time since you've read it, but back in the day, how did you feel about the book? Did you ever have any issues with it or did you like it? Well, my parents joined when I was three, so I was very much indoctrinated with the don't ask questions, let your feelings guide you. And so my feelings guided me through the reading of the Book of Mormon basically with, well, that didn't make sense, but one day it will. The spirit will one day tell me. Sounds very familiar to what I used to say. It is quite similar to the Bible in the sense that, okay, I just found out a bunch of genealogy that I will never be able to follow. Very superficial reading where you just let it kind of slide through the eyes and out the back of the head somewhere without it really sticking to the sides. (laughs) Now, did did you have any favourite character or favourite section of the book at all? I think, of course, what you covered a couple of weeks ago was the hold to the rod, the iron rod. That was always a fun one. Uh, We did it through our chapel once when I was quite young. We did the whole guiding on a piece of rope up to the chapel and we had all the temptations along the way and we had to stick to it. And I was being the good little Molly Mormon and I was like, look at me holding to this rod. Look at me not being tempted by the cookies and by the lollies and by the music and everything. I got to the end and they gave me like a toffee. Oh, that's a bit of a ripoff. That's exactly what I thought, but I thought, I'm not allowed to think that. I was like 10 at the time. So you avoid the lollies and the cookies, but the celestial kingdom at the end of the day is just a toffee. Yeah, basically. Gee. The cheapest toffees you could find, and they had gotten so much effort into the temptation that when you got to the end, you were like, what am I supposed to be feeling right now besides I wish I'd eaten a cookie back five stops ago? Yeah, ripped off. <laughs> and then we had another activity that was something similar about trust, and there was these big two Samoan boys. They were from the local family, you know? Mm. Oh, let me guess what tribe they were from. They were Manessa. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I was standing on this chair and I had to fall back into their arms. And I'm sorry, I know that I was quite a naive little Mormon and trust in the spirit and everything, but I know enough about gravity to know that that was not a good idea. <laughs> no. I couldn't physically do it. And so I missed out on going to the celestial kingdom because I couldn't, from this height of a chair, fall back into the arms of these two big muscle boys. So I didn't have enough faith. Wow. We've just learned something new this evening too. The Holy Ghost is two large Samoan men. (laughs) (laughs) That will always stick with me now. 
All right, well, let's get into reading this book. Now, you've got a German copy there with you. I do indeed. We're about to read, what are we, chapter 18. Read us the first verse in German, just so we can see what it sounds like. Interesting little bit of trivia for those who like scripture study. The <laughs> Japanese version of the Bible was translated from the German, not from the English. Oh, really? Yes. When you read the Book of Mormon and the Bible in Japanese, the language is very different because obviously in the Book of Mormon, they're trying to translate the old English style that Joseph Smith was talking in, but the Bible, they've translated it from the German. Wow. That is actually fascinating. It's like a copy of a copy. Yeah, a copy of a copy. It's like any kind of IKEA instructions or, you know, how to set up your telephone or your TV or anything. It's always been translated at least three times before it gets to you. Yep. That's it. Uh-huh. From when you did the Japanese translation in the, one of the last podcasts, yeah. I then went into the German PDF version to see if it would also be a really interesting translation, and unfortunately it was not. <laughs> oh. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to Lily's Scripture Study. Today I'm reading from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. Let the woman learn in silence before subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression, which is honestly just a sexist piece of shit rule. We are starting chapter 18 with Und es begab sich, which means, and it came to pass. Und es begab Say that again, Rhonda. How do I say this? I will type it in to make it a little bit easier. Und es begab sich. Und es begab sich. Yeah, let's see how many und es begab sichs we get in tonight's chapter, shall we? Absolutely. If there are any German listeners, I apologize in advance. <laughs> I have a very strong English slash Australian accent when I speak German, but I will try to keep it under control. Okay. Um, so let's see how this goes. Mm. Und es begab sich. Sie beteten den Herrn an und gingen mehr hin und wir bearbeiteten Holzstämme auf eine gediegene Machart und der Herr zeigte mir von Seite zu Seite, wie ich die Holzstämme für das Schiff bearbeiten sollte. Nun bearbeitete ich Neffi. <lacht> The funny thing is that that is actually how you would say it in German, Nephi. Nephi. You would not say Nephi. If an I is at the end of a word, it is generally short. Like if you've got a friend, Stephanie, her name would be Steffi. Because of... Tennis player, Steffi Graf. Give us a Nephi, Rhonda. Nephi. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. (laughs) Nephi. (laughs) Nephi. Oh, about Von Neffi. Von Neffi. Von Neffi. That'll make it sound more German, won't it? <laughs> that would be the child of Nephi, because then it would be, he would be from Nephi. Ah. Von is from. Okay. It says here that God helped him to build a boat and told him how he should do it. It's a very rough translation. Exactly. All right, so we've been doing this seminary style lately where each person reads five verses each as we go through. Okay. I'll start, then we'll go patience, and then, Rhonda, you can read the third set of five. How's that? Sounds good. And chime in any time you like with any thoughts or comments, because we're in the batshit crazy part of the book at the moment. 
Oh, brilliant. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, uh, just now? <laughs> yeah, just now. Only now? Well, the, the most batshit crazy part of the book, let's say that. We'll see, we'll see. But uh, as we're about to discover, they've somehow managed to build boats despite having no experience or adequate tools and supplies. And next, they're going to be suddenly sailors, even though they've lived on land for their entire lives. So. <laughs> All right, so chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass on that they did worship the Lord and to go forth with me and we did work timbers of curious workmanship. It's always curious when they don't know what it fucking is. And the Lord did show me from time to time after what manner I should work the timbers of the ship. When he says curious workmanship, is that, oh, I'm not sure if they have birch trees where these guys were. Um, maybe it was palm trees instead. I'm just not going to say which tree it is. Let's say it's curious workmanship that is exactly to it. it mysterious and sexy. <laughs> we pointed that out you know, in the um, testimony of the witnesses at the start and when Joseph Smith was describing all the things he found, it was always curious workmanship, yeah. which yeah. is basically a way of avoiding actually describing what it was. That's like me when I say thingamabob. <laughs> A little bit more professional, maybe, relatively. Yes, the Book of Mormon version of Thingamy Bob is curious workmanship. <laughs> Excellent. Now, I, Nephi, did not work the timbers after the manner which was learned by men, neither did I build the ship after the manner of men, but I did build it after the manner which the Lord had shown unto me. Wherefore, it was not after the manner of men. Once again, he said the same thing three fucking times in one verse. I can only think that he must have done the workman shift after the manner of beavers or <laughs> maybe something that doesn't have opposable thumbs. Yeah, I'm just yeah, imagining yeah. Nephi having really large teeth right now and he's chipping away with his overly large teeth at the wood to shape a boat. So thank you for this very creative interpretation. It's kind of Joseph Smith creating his get-out clause early, though, because clearly he doesn't know how to make boats. Absolutely. And so if he just says... I did it the way God told me to, which is different to how anybody else would do it. That kind of cancels out the lack of knowledge of boat building. Yeah, but it makes me also think, like, maybe he got alien help. Aliens. Let's go full uh, tinfoil hat on this one. Mushroom help. That's what he had. He had help yeah. from mushrooms. <laughs> is there a Mormon alien theory out there, like ancient aliens but with Mormonism? Ooh. Not ancient aliens. No. But Joseph Smith taught that God created multiple universes. Colob. Uh, yeah, and planets yeah, and stuff. Planets. And so, so yeah. God is the God of the cosmos, but it's not in his plan for people from our universe to meet people from another universe. Oh. Yeah, there's no ET phone home. And, of course, of all of the universes, we were his favourite planet. Oh, of course. And America was his favourite planet part of the planet. Naturally. Despite being the god of everything, America is his favourite little spot. Oh, look. I have to say, I, my vote would be for Avatar, though. That looks pretty amazing, doesn't it? Like the, <laughs> the, blue, the blue men with the tails and yeah. the way that they have sex. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty dope. I've never seen Avatar. How do they have sex, Rhonda? Isn't there something like to do with their hair or their tails where they join it up and they have some kind of communal oh. orgy party thing happening? It's been years since I've seen it. But I remember reading somewhere that people had some kind of homesickness for this planet, for Avatar and for the creatures there, just from watching the movie because it sounded so idealic. It sounded so wonderful. And I'm just thinking, and God chose us, the naked wallabies? Like, Let's just face it, if human beings are the absolute best that God can do, and he's a pretty fucking useless God. I've seen the human body. He done fucked up, people. <laughs> yeah. 
He didn't follow the instructions when putting us all together. He was just kind of free balling. That's probably because they were IKEA instructions. Let's yeah, see that's it. <laughs> 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 leave a lot to interpretation there with those kinds of instructions. And I defied to go into the mount oft, and I did pray oft unto the Lord, wherefore the Lord showed unto me great things. Oft, we have a new word. Hmm. Hasn't used that one before, okay. And it came to pass that after I finished the ship, according to the word of the Lord, my brethren beheld that it was good and that the workmanship thereof was exceedingly fine. Wherefore, they did humble themselves again before the Lord. I really wish that my first attempt at anything was exceedingly fine. <laughs> mm. I think every single thing I've ever done has never been spot on, bang perfect the first time I've ever tried it. And that includes sex. You always need two or three goes before you get the best product. Oh, Rhonda, tell me all about it. Are you a perfectionist by any chance? <laughs> I think that that is something that has been developed through my time with the church. Of course, we have to be perfect or we will never get to heaven. So, yes. Uh, Perfectionism, anxiety. I engage in the never-ending pursuit of mere close enough. <laughs> and this causes me unending frustration. But on the flip side, I'm sure my perfectionism causes Paul unending frustration too. So, you know, it works both ways. The yin and the yang of this podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's good enough. Uh -huh. Patience is like, no, I need to run it through another five filters. <laughs> oh. One thing I learnt um, being in Germany when I was in very unfamiliar situations or where I wasn't feeling particularly secure and I'd be too much of a perfectionist, it makes other people uncomfortable because they somehow feel that they need to meet my level of perfectionism and standards <laughs> or, or they think Paul I've got doesn't a... doesn't have uh, that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I love him. That's great. <laughs> it eases the perfectionism, doesn't it? It makes you feel better. You're like, okay, it's fine. This stick that I have shoved up my ass. I can dislodge it just a little bit and try to be more like Paul. Yep. Yeah. No, def yeah. you definitely don't want to be like me, trust me. <laughs> I'm already number one. I don't want to be like anyone else. Yeah. 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 Individuality. Embrace it. Enjoy yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, I love Ayn Rand. <laughs> And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came unto my father that we should arise and go down into the ship. Oh. So wait a minute, Nephi built the boat, but his dad's the captain? This is, I think, a classic example of English problems. You know, you chop down a tree and then you cut it up. <laughs> because he says here that we should arise and go down into the ship. It just seems a little bit contradictory. Mm. I wonder if we can blame the Bible and, and similar texts like this for our issues with the English language and its confusion for other people. Hmm. All right, patience, take it away from verse 6. And it came to pass und es begab sich, that on the morrow, after we had prepared all things, much fruits and meats from the wilderness and honey in abundance <laughs> and provisions according to that which the Lord had commanded us, we did go down into the ship <laughs> with all our loading and our seeds. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they got the seeds, remember? So much seeds in all kinds of ways. Yeah. They love reproducing, fuckers. Well, they're talking about the food <laughs> seeds in this instance, because remember, oh, yeah, they managed to carry sure? all of those hundreds and hundreds of kilos of bags. Are we sure? I'm not sure. Because, I mean, this now gives me an image that they've been bottling up their... Um, <laughs> 
seed so that they're not spilling it unnecessarily so that oh, they can use it for some kind of magic oh, potion. So good for your skin, Rhonda. Oh, and it's supposed to relieve headaches. You think they maybe had a bit of a sperm bank? Yeah, I think that they might have, you know, started something. They, they thought it had some good properties. I mean, especially for females, it's meant to reduce our headaches, which is, you know, our favourite complaint when it comes to the time to spill the seed. I've heard that. I don't think I've ever analysed this book the same way as I am right now. That is what we have found doing this podcast is how much we missed. Actually, one thing that's come up as a conversation piece between me and my girlfriend, we've made a lot of jokes about Salt Lake City being just like an endless lake of cum and that's why it's salty because <laughs> cum tastes like salt. Maybe they had Nephi seed. That's why they bottled it. But apparently not everyone agrees that semen tastes like salt. So depends on the diet of the producer of said seed. Ah. So I think, thank you, Sex in the City, um, something about pineapples. <laughs> comes to mind. <laughs> Very educational 90s TV series. I've never tasted semen, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> There's at least two of us in this conversation who've never tasted it. So. And I'm going to refrain from commenting on that. Yeah, yeah. Give, give me till the end of the glass and then I'll start commenting right, on the taste right, of semen. Right. Okay, I'm just going to type this in the notes. Semen. Semen flavour, yes. And I'll come back to you when you're sloshed. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> then I'll have an excuse for, for sharing too much information, which usually exactly. I don't have. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and as regular listeners of this show will know, there is no such thing as too much information on this show. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I'll send you a link of the episode beforehand so you can check it. If you do end up saying something you're not happy to get out there, I'm very happy to remove anything. You won't be the first person. Okay, that's interesting to know about not being the first person. At first, I was quite worried because I thought, oh, you know, I really want to help these people who are in the Mormon church. I want to get them to see the illogical parts of it, to see these things like how many times it says it came to pass and how he was chipping this away at every plate and how stupid it all sounds. And then I watched Exmo Lex on YouTube and she is brilliant. And I was like, you girl are speaking my language. Oh, I don't know that one. She's been going for about a couple of years and she has like 20,000 followers now of one. I am a recent convert, we could say. She really kind of goes into the things that I understand about like why I'm not in the church and why it can be so hard and all the judginess and the bitchiness. And I've already forgotten where I was going with Exmolex because she's so awesome. <laughs> she and her husband had a discussion. and I found it really good. She said, Logic is not going to convince a person to leave the church if they didn't use logic to get into the church. So, so until they're ready to stop thinking so emotionally, I can be as rude as I want and it's not going to make a difference. They're just going to look at me and go, she's too rude to be believed. Okay, I'm going to try really hard to not interrupt at every verse. Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, go ahead. It's all about the interruptions because the content is so shit. <laughs> this is true. This is true. We got up to the seeds in verse 6. Yep. Oh, I didn't get very far, did I? I started verse 6 and then didn't finish yeah. it. Okay. With all our loading and our seeds <laughs> <laughs> and whatsoever thing we had brought with us, everyone, according to his age, wherefore we did all go down into the ship with our wives and our children. Females are being noted. Oh, yes. There is mention that females exist. Yeah, yeah. Not by name, but they're there. Yeah, you never mentions them by name. In the context of being a wife only, unfortunately. Yeah. And while he's been building a boat, clearly he's also had time to, you know... Procreate. Yes. Yeah. Ever the multitasker. Well done, Nephi. And they're all living in tents. How awkward would that be? 
I've done it in the tent a few times. Oh, have you? It requires a certain amount of ignorance. You're in a camping place. It's the middle of the day. There's shadows that are clearly indicating what you're doing. And you just go with it. You just pretend you're on your own in a completely isolated location. It's the only way you can do it. But then your siblings or your parents are doing it in the tent next to yours. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> that would be a big problem. It's not awkward when you're the one doing it. It's awkward when you have to listen to somebody else doing it. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. And as we are about to find out, Lehi and Soraya were doing it, despite being very old. Oh. I'm also betting when Rhonda was doing this camping sex that it wasn't with her family around at all. Oh, hell no. (laughs) I've only heard my parents do it once, and that was enough for me. There was far too much giggling going on. My mother, bless her heart, (laughs) has heard me far too many times when I used to live with her. That's another story. Yeah, yeah, that's how we get our revenge on parents, though. Was it genuine giggling or was she just giggling to get it over and done with, Rhonda? I quickly put my headphones in and started listening to Disturbed. Because you were. Because I was, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think when my, when my parents heard me, they heard a lot of things that they'd never even thought of before. So I think I corrupted them. Oh, your parents have heard you get it on? I made sure they did. I wanted to get them back for all the times I heard them as a kid. Oh. I was like... What did you teach them, Paul? Oh, they would have said some very interesting noises and, and, and commands going on. Harder, faster, slower. Commands. Oh, do you like to get a bit... Uh, this is when we praise God, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. This is when we <laughs> praise yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> take it, take it. Take it. <laughs> Verse 7, and now my father had begat two sons in the wilderness. The elder was called Jacob and the younger, Joseph. Oh, he's so creative, isn't he? And despite being old age pensioners, notice again, they've only had sons. Yes, oh dear. The problem is that people think that you only get sons if you're righteous or if your wife is righteous. This is such a 19th century thing. And the Jews are completely different in this. The descendants goes through the female line because you know exactly where that baby came from. You don't know where the seed came from. Yeah. Exactly. This whole book is such an affront to Judaica. It's so rude and it's so out of sync with anything Judaism related. Well, that's because it makes the Jews out to be the bad guys. Yeah, which is a role that they have had thrust onto them many a time in history, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Quite sad. Okay. And it came to pass again. Und es begab sich. After we had all gone down into the ship. Oh, they're still going down into the ship. It's taken a long time to get into the goddamn ship. They're going down as they're going down into the ship, clearly. And had taken with us our provisions and things which had been commanded us. We did put forth into the sea and were driven forth before the wind towards the promised land. Verse 9. And after we had been driven forth before the wind for the space of many days. He's just repeating himself. Of course he is. He always does. I kind of zoned out for that one because it was so boring. That'll happen, Rhonda. Like, it's just repetitive. <laughs> I was like blanked for a minute there and came back and was like, no, still dull. <laughs> yeah. Not the reading. I mean, your voice is amazingly sexy. Oh, thank you. I have a little bit of a girl crush on patience here. I think she's absolutely wonderful. Isn't she? Where did I get up to? Shit, now I'm all a fluff. 
um, we're going down. That's right. That's right. And after we had been driven forth before the wind for the space of many days, behold, my brethren and the sons of Ishmael and also their wives began to make themselves merry. <laughs> in so much that they began to dance and to sing and to speak with much rudeness. Yay. Kind of like those of us on this podcast. <laughs> Sounds like your average intoxication. It does, doesn't it? Where's the booze? They didn't mention any booze. No, Nephi wouldn't have let them pack any of that. Oh. I think that there was a secret punch mix, you know, that had a special extra ingredient. Is that like the Mormon punch at the Mormon get-togethers? <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe Lehman or Lemuel snuck in a hip flask or something and just kind of uh, spiked the punch. Yeah, but they couldn't tell their straight-laced brother, Nephi, what was going on. <laughs> no, no, they couldn't let the killjoy know about it. No, of course not. They want to see him also relax and dance. <laughs> With a Bible width difference between him and, you know, because we don't want anything going down. <laughs> All right, so with much rudeness, Yay, even when they did forget by what power they had been brought thither. Yay, they were lifted up unto exceeding rudeness. <laughs> That's such a good line. Exceeding rudeness. Lifted up unto exceeding rudeness. <laughs> sounds very stuck up, doesn't it? He sounds very much like he needs to have a good couple of drinks in him and get relaxed. Yeah, and chill. I think so. And why is it that whether it's the Bible or the Book of Mormon, they always say that singing, dancing is what you do when you're being naughty. I know. Yeah. You can't be merry, can you? No. It's like it's not allowed. You have to be solemn and sober all the time. But does that mean when we went to state dances as teenagers that we were sinning? Well, I remember inviting someone who was not a member to a church dance. Oh. And she put so much effort into it. I felt so bad. Like she got herself a new dress and she dressed up really well. She and her brother were there and they were like, this is so dull. Can we put some other music on? Can we do something different? Because I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to be representing the church here, but their ideas are really good. <laughs> and this is really dull. And I'm pretty sure that I made Robin's ex-husband dance with me. That is one of those memories that makes you cringe years later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did I really? The obnoxious 16-year-old? I was like, yeah. And, and he had to say yes because it was an obligation. Yeah, it all stayed dancers. That's why I always uh, snuck out back with uh, one of the young ladies and made her own fun. Oh, oh. Oh. Oh, no, I just confessed. <laughs> you said you were such a good Mormon boy, but you totally weren't. I know. It was all on top of the clothes, okay? There was no under-the-clothes stuff. Right. Hey, and between me and Robin's ex, there was at least three of these Bibles. It's not Book of Mormon distance, it's four quad distance. Yeah, exactly. There was a there was he did not want to come too close to this um overly eyelined drama going yeah. on here. <laughs> but it was basically a rule that if a guy plucked up the courage to ask a girl to dance, she had to say yes. And other way around, which I took full advantage of. Yeah, I was just going to say, it seems like that was going the other way around. You asked him to dance. And he had to say yes, the poor guy. Uh, There'll be therapy no. for him for that, maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Nephi, began to fear exceedingly, lest the Lord should be angry with us and smile might us because of our iniquity that we should be swallowed up in the depths of the sea wherefore i 
and Nephi began to speak to them with much soberness. But behold, they were angry with me, saying, We will not that our younger brother shall be a ruler over us. Yes, we've visited this before. Such Rookie a mistake, Nephi. Drunk people never listen to the sober person. Of course not. <laughs> when he says he spoke to them in soberness, it's like, of course they're not fucking listening to him. If he wanted them to listen, he should have got drunk too. And then he could have been like, yo, I've got a great idea. Guys, i got a great idea. Let's, let's behave and see what happens. Yeah? <laughs> you know, if this dude was actually real, I would really hope that on his gravestone, his brothers wrote, Nephi the Killjoy. Yeah, total dick. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone in the church always spoke about how great Nephi was and how we should all try to be like Nephi and be as righteous as Nephi. Reading this now, I'm like, he was a total prick. <laughs> he was self-absorbed, thought he was the greatest, trying to tell everybody what to do. Like He had a stick shoved so far up his butt, it was addling his brains. <laughs> Not only did he have a stick up his ass, but that stick had a stick up its ass. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh the visualisation. <laughs> it's recursive. We could just keep going with this. Yeah, it would be never ending. <laughs> And that stick, it had a stick up its ass. <laughs> the never-ending stick up your ass. Hit us with verse 11 and let's just see how far up this stick goes. <laughs> yes. And it came to pass that Laman and Lemuel did take me and bind me with cords oh. and they did treat me with much harshness. Oh. Nevertheless, the Lord did suffer it that he might show forth his power unto the fulfilling of his word, which he had spoken concerning the wicked. And it came to pass that after they had bound me in so much that I could not move, well, I would assume, otherwise they did a very piss poor job of binding you. Bondageness and M were secretly Nephi's kings. Yeah, Rihanna was secretly there in the wings. Yeah. Um, the compass which had been prepared of the Lord did cease to work. Oh, no! what a coincidence, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that the Lord was allowing it to happen so he could show his power. Oh. He shows his power by scaring the shit out of everyone with bad weather. Wouldn't it have just been easier for God to keep breaking the ropes every time they tried to tie Nephi? Like, it could have been over a lot quicker. Yeah, but they had to use natural forces to explain that this coincidence, this, sorry, I'm not let's say the word coincidence, am I? Because it was instructed by God that rain <laughs> should come. Because every time rain comes, it's only because someone did something wrong. Yeah, God likes to watch them squirm. God loves to watch. Of course. We are his Saturday afternoon viewing on his TV. He's got nothing better to do than kick his feet up, drink a Bundy. We really are the ants and he has the magnifying glass. That's pretty much what this whole arrangement is, isn't it? Absolutely. That's also another thing we need on a T-shirt. Yeah. Ants? We are the ants under God's magnifying, magnifying. glass. Magnifying He's there to watch us squirm. Yes. Patience, I really hope these notes make sense at the end. You'll just be like, what? What was that? Why? Oh, it doesn't matter if they don't make sense. <laughs> we haven't even circled back to menstruation yet. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> so, wherefore they knew not whither they should steer the ship, insomuch that they arose a great storm, yea, a great and terrible tempest, and we were driven back upon the waters for the space of three days. And they began to be frightened exceedingly, lest they should be drowned in the sea, which is quite possibly likely because they'd never been in a ship in their lives. Yeah. 
They're not very seafaring people, are they? No, no. Mm. So you should always have a healthy respect for storms. I don't think they're caused by tying up your obnoxious brother. No. Every person has done that at least once. <laughs> I mean, Nephi had spent so little time around water that every time he mentioned a river, he had to point out that it was made of water. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's like he had to keep reminding himself what this water thing is. Oh, that's a river of water. Yay. Oh, the ocean has water. Yay. Rather than a river of sand or a river of seed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a river yes. of water this time, just as an exception. Yeah. Nevertheless, they did not loose me. And on the fourth day, which we had been driven back, the tempest began to be exceedingly sore. And it came to pass that we were about to be swallowed up in the depths of the sea. And after we had been driven back upon the waters for the space of four days, my brethren began to see that the judgments of God were upon them and that they must perish, save that they should repent of their iniquities. Wherefore they came unto me and loosed the bands which were upon my wrists. And behold, they had swollen exceedingly. That is what happens when you cut off the blood circulation. Yes. And also my ankles were much swollen and great was the soreness thereof. <laughs> if you don't move around, your blood circulation system tends to fail you. Mm -hmm. It's almost like Joseph Smith got the narrative logical there. I think that he may have experienced being bound by siblings for <laughs> himself because he was himself an obnoxious know-it-all. Or law enforcement or, or someone. <laughs> Law enforcement sounds quite likely, actually. That was handcuffs rather than rope, but he was arrested several times, so yeah. Yeah, no, that's a very good point, Patience. He was talking from experience there <laughs> and really wishing that someone had stormed the, the jail where he was. <laughs> yeah. All right, verse 16. Nevertheless, I did look unto my God and I did praise him all the day long and I did not murmur against the Lord because of mine afflictions. Goody two-shoes. Now, my father Lehi said many things unto them, and also unto the sons of Ishmael. But behold, they did breathe out much threatenings against anyone that should speak for me. And my parents, being stricken in years, and having suffered much grief because of their children, were brought down, yea, even upon their sick beds. Oh no, are they going to die? We can only hope. <laughs> I mean, they just had two babies. <laughs> These women were out in the wilderness and had children without any kind of attention to their care. How? God. How God did do you... it. Oh, of course. Of course, <laughs> that makes sense. It couldn't be the world's worst written fan fiction. No, no, not at all. I'm sure they miscarried a lot and mm. had many children that didn't quite make it, which is actually amazing that they were able to reproduce at all. Mm. I mean, there's so much that can go wrong and there's so much that's still to this day mysterious about childbirth. And yet these women were able to do it without any assistance. It's almost as if it was written by a man who didn't understand how conception worked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he probably wasn't even in the room when these children were born. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, they popped out kids. They're all good. I mean, it is amazing sometimes how women can survive these things. But I also think at the same time, not really going into much detail here, Mr. Smitty. Yeah. I'm a bit concerned or a bit confused. Yeah. But because of their grief and much sorrow and the iniquity of my brethren, they were brought near even to be carried out of this time to meet their God. Yea, their grey hairs were about to be brought down to lie low in the dust. Yea, even they were near to be cast with sorrow into a watery grave. What the fuck? Hang on, again, he's getting his analogies mixed up. He's saying that they came close to dying. Right? But he's saying, on the one hand, he's like, they nearly went to the dust, and then the very next sentence, a watery grave. 
<sighs> There's no dust in fucking water. That sounds very muddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's confusing. Again, Joseph, pick an analogy and stick with it. Going back to the childbirth thing, I think in this time, wasn't the survival rate of a mother and child, one in five would die at childbirth? Yeah, well, it would have been about that, yeah. How many children is this woman meant to have had? And that was in the 1800s when there was some level of medical knowledge and stuff. Yeah. If we're going back now to when this supposedly happened, you know, 600 years BC, yeah. in the wilderness with nothing, they somehow still managed to have six strapping boys. <laughs> and my question then, which one of these boys had any medical understanding? Like... <laughs> which one of them had studied any kind of anatomy or biology or anything that he could help his mother through this? Or were they supposed to instinctually and it was all laid in the hands of God? That one. Because I'm thinking that one of these women would have probably not survived mm -hmm. at some point. Very statistically questionable. No, God was with them. God, it's all God. God did it. <laughs> Don't question it. Of course not. Of course not. They were faithful. God did it. Yes, Brother Paul, I will <laughs> refrain from questioning. Yes, yes. You've been chastened, Rhonda. <laughs> yes. Do you enjoy being chastened? I will just quietly here sit and drink my beer. And <laughs> That's the way. While Brother Paul yeah. goes All sober. Right. So we've gone to a dusty, watery grave somehow. Okay. And Jacob and Joseph also, being young, having much need of nourishment, would grieve because of the afflictions of their mother. And also my wife, with her tears and prayers, and also my children, did not soften the hearts of my brethren that they would loose me. And there was nothing save it were the power of God which threatened them with destruction could soften their hearts. Wherefore, when they saw that they were about to be swallowed up in the depths of the sea, they repented of... The the thing that they had done in so much that they loosed me. Mm, it was almost coherent. I have to say, I feel for poor Nephi's wife. Oh. Almost as much as I feel for Emma Smith here. You know, just being married to such an obnoxious stick in the mud. You know, the mud that he created from the dust in the water. Mm. At least Emma Smith had a name. Nephi, with all of his repeating sentences and phrases over and over again, didn't even take the time to tell us what his wife's name was. Yeah. That's horrific, actually. What a lack of respect. Exactly. And it would be easier for the narrative to give them a name as well, you know? Like, it would be so much easier if he were to say, you know, Layman Lemuel and Mary and Sarah did this. But no, he'll say Layman and Lemuel and their wives. He'd have to remember the names he made up for them then. Yeah, I guess yeah, it, is, it is all the names to remember, isn't it? It's is hard enough to remember male names. I mean, when you start thinking up female ones, it's just a little bit too much, isn't it? He was all about making it easy for himself. Yeah, good, good point. Far easier to plagiarise and repeat the same sentences than to remember a few extra names. Exactly. He yeah. wants to be as non-specific as possible. That's it. I love to read fan fiction and it happens sometimes that when someone creates new characters in their fan fiction, they forget the names or they mix up the names. A very, very popular one is Harry Potter. So Harry Potter suddenly is marrying some unknown woman or he's had a relationship with an unknown woman and they're given that name and then his best mate has another girl and then they mix up the names. So this is what Joseph Smith was trying to avoid. He didn't want to mix up the names and suddenly Lemuel's wife is having children with Layman and Layman's wife is having children with Lemuel. He couldn't risk that so they were just wives. That would be very Mormon, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, that would be easier for him, though, because if he got the names mixed up, he could just say they had multiple wives. Oh, and they just happened to have the same names. Yes! <laughs> 
course. And that would be then a lead in, hey, we're basically rewriting the fan fiction of the Bible that is the Book of Mormon. <laughs> this is the Book of Mormon Mark Two. That's it. That's it. Oh, I love it. Version two. Yeah. The new and improved version. Let's give them names. Improved by Rhonda. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I read it. I don't write it. <laughs> All right. So where are we? Patience, back to you for the last five. And it came to pass on after they had loosed me, behold, I took a compass. See, they're calling it a compass now. They didn't call it that earlier. No, it was just a ball earlier, wasn't it? Of curious workmanship. It didn't even sound like the description of a proper compass. No. And it did work with her. I desired it. And it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord. And after I had prayed, the winds did cease and the storm did cease. And there was a great calm. You know, if he was trying to be succinct, saying the winds did cease and the storm did cease and there was a great calm could have been shortened into... The storm stopped. <laughs> <laughs> The wind and the storm, because, you know, storms don't usually have wind. How would a storm stop without the wind stopping? Exactly. How would the wind stop without the storm stopping? Exactly. But he has to point out that both of those things stop separately. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> or together. Ooh. What is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> and it came to pass on that I, Nephi, did guide the ship that we sailed again towards the promised land. And it came to pass that after we had sailed for the space of many days, we did arrive at the promised land and we went forth upon the land and did pitch our tents. Oh, you know they were pitching tents. Yeah. And we did call it the promised land. Of course. And they accidentally landed on Prince Edward Island and they weren't even in America yet. Oh. No, I have no oh. idea. I'm just saying, you know, like... I was going to say, I haven't heard that. Where was that coming from? How was Australia discovered? Weren't they looking for something else and they act or Tasmania? And they thought, we've hit Van Diemen's Land and it wasn't. It was only like a little tiny island off of it. That's how Columbus found America. He didn't know it was there. He was going looking for India. That's the one. Yeah, exactly. We'll discuss the DNA now while we can. So the Book of Mormon claims the Native American ancestors were Nephi's people on this journey. But the DNA evidence actually says that the Native Americans descended from Asia, not the Middle East. And so they've kind of tracked it back prior to uh, one of the Stone Ages when the US and Russia were still connected. The people traveled from around the China region up through Russia, Alaska, and then into America. And that's where the ancient Americas started. But then, of course, the Mormons want you to believe that it was these people in this boat that are the ancient ancestors of the Native Americans. And they want you to believe that because in 1820, 1830, when Joseph Smith started thinking this up, he never would have conceived the idea that people could track their ancestry through genetics. It was a foolproof plan, he thought. It was flawless. Well, in a sense it was because, I mean, they weren't going to discover how wrong he was during his lifetime. Exactly. Hmm. It's something actually that a friend of mine pointed out recently, a genetic scientist who actually wrote a book about what I'm talking about, that the actual DNA ancestry of, of the Native Americans. He pointed out how truly offensive it is that Mormons are still saying to Native Americans, this is how it happened. Mm -hmm. It's like they're saying, we know more about your history and your culture than you do and anybody else does. And they're still pushing on with it. It's like, yeah, yeah, you guys came across some boats. 
600 years before Jesus. I kind of wonder what was Joseph Smith's goal when he came up with this? You don't go out and unintentionally form a religion and write this stuff. What was he trying to do? Make money is an obvious one. Yeah, power. Was it like a bonus that he could sleep with whoever he wanted? Or was that something yeah. that came along with it? He's like, oh, oh, well, while I'm at it, God can tell these women and through me that they need to be mine. There were so many new religions starting at this time and so many people claiming to be prophets that gathered a following and had people believing them. So I think Joseph Smith saw that and he's like, yeah, I'll have a piece of that. I'll have a crack at that. <laughs> I'm cute. But his point of difference was the Book of Mormon. That's what set him apart from the other regular preachers. Yeah. Yeah. That made him look like he was something yeah. different, better than, than them. Yeah, you, know, you could say, hey, I've translated this book. The other yeah. guys haven't done that. Yeah, okay. And I have a direct connection with God, whereas I think the yeah. others were a bit more authentic. They were going from their own opinion. And it came to pass that we did begin to till the earth and we began to plant seeds. Yay, we did put all our seeds into the earth. Oh, is that onanism? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like how the first colony of Australia died, but okay, continue. <laughs> Which we had brought from the land of Jerusalem. That's right, Jerusalem's a land, it's not a city. <laughs> Oops, someone failed geography. <laughs> yeah, and it came to pass that they did grow exceedingly, wherefore we were blessed in abundance. Midas touch. No one has that luck. This next verse is a real killer. <laughs> Read through this. All right, last verse. Okay. And it came to pass that we did find upon the land of promise as we journeyed in the wilderness that there were beasts in the forest of every kind, both the cow and the ox. Both the cow and the ox. Aren't they kind of the same thing? Keep reading through the list. <laughs> okay. And the ass and the horse, and the goat, and the wild goat, all two kinds of goat, and all manner of wild animals, which were for the use of men. <laughs> now, the reason I bring this up is, of those animals listed there, none of them are native to America. No! They were the animals that were bought by the white European settlers a thousand years or so after this supposedly happened. Mm. Archaeologically, there is no trace of any of those animals having existed in America before the white settlement happened. Oh, I have to mark that. So what Joseph Smith doesn't mention is the animals that were actually native to America. There's no mention of buffalo. There's no mention of wolves. No mention of the animals that actually would have been there. So again, Joseph Smith is just proving he knows jack shit about history or animals or anything else. He's like, oh, yeah, there were horses, there were, there were cows. Of course there was. I haven't finished the sentence yet. And we did find all manner of ore, both of gold and of silver and of copper. The end. So this one chapter is so fucked up in so many levels. Okay? We mentioned the DNA, so we know for sure that Native Americans came from Asia, not the Middle East. And we mentioned the animals, clearly showing that Joseph Smith knew nothing about zoology. But here's another interesting thing. Have you guys ever heard the story of a ship called the Mayflower? Let me tell you the story and see if it sounds familiar, okay? So in 1620, a group of English Puritans hopped on the Mayflower to sail to the New Land, which they called the Promised Land, 
which was, of course, America. Puritans basically decided the people in England weren't pure and righteous enough for their liking. So they wanted to go to America in order to practice their religion unfiltered, unadulterated and clean. While sailing to America, they encountered these wild storms and they determined that the cause of these wild storms was they were not being righteous enough. Sister Mary perhaps was showing just a little bit too much ankle or, you know, they weren't praying enough. And so everyone on the Mayflower prayed and prayed and prayed until the storm ceased and then they were able to make it all the way to America. Sound familiar? I'm sensing deja vu here. Yes! So we've got Joseph Smith straight up just ripping off the story of the Mayflower, as well as showing he knows nothing about DNA, archaeology or animals whatsoever. And this is where we get the Book of Mormon. 